All right, welcome to the State of the Lakers, presented by Dash Radio. Happy Sunday, everybody. I hope you all had a great week. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. Um, I hope you had something to enjoy this week other than that awful stretch of Lakers basketball, which included, you know, everything but the win, Raj, which has been pretty much the story mm-hmm. of this week, I think. But how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Beautiful weekend. Uh, great weather here in Cali. Had a nice uh, winter-like little event last night. And wake up, woke up real early to watch this game. Yeah, it was a you know fun one for like three quarters, right? I think like for the first three quarters they did their job, up ten to going in the fourth, and then uh, kind of just collapsed at the end there. I lost the fourth, I think by eighteen, so kind of like a meltdown in the fourth. But I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I think the announcers on the Spectrum feed did a good job of pointing this out. It felt like one of those games where the first team to really attempt to try to play defense mm-hmm. would end up winning. Yeah. And, you know, it ended up being the Lakers, ironically, who uh, who were the first ones to try to at least take some control over the game on the defensive end of the ball. And then they completely and utterly fell apart in that fourth quarter. Raj, by my count, they took 12, they missed 12 jump shots in that fourth quarter mm-hmm. and attempted only four shots at the rim, which is really bad process for Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis team. Now we could talk about why in a second, because there were some lineup things there that I thought were interesting. And then on the other end of the floor to give up 38, to offer almost no resistance, especially around the rim. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, but that backup center that they had that played, uh, I can't remember what his name was, but on Yeka. Yeah. Yeah. So he absolutely torched us. It was just, it was one of those things where again, You're looking at the game and you're saying, man, Anthony Davis looks great. That's great news. Russell Westbrook, who I've been incredibly critical of, is starting to show some signs of life, even though I I got a couple of bones to pick with him at the end of the game. And Malik Monk looks incredible again, although he's been showing some inconsistency in recent weeks. But you've got all of this good baked in there and they just can't win a game, Raj. And it's one of those things, you know, I I think – um, I can't remember exactly who it was who said this on Twitter, but someone was saying like, hey, no more moral victories. We're out of time for moral victories. And that's the truth, guys. When you look at the standings and you look at the situation at 24 and 27, this deep into the play in the way that we are, there's some real urgency here. We can't afford to keep having these nights where it's like, hey, we looked good, but didn't get the win. Or, hey, so-and-so looked good, but... We didn't get the win. And even without LeBron, this was another game that we should have won. I thought the Philly game was winnable, too. I thought the Charlotte game was winnable. This is it's looking pretty bleak right now, Raj. I'm not going to be entirely (laughs) bleak, but man, like at a certain point, some of these have to turn into wins instead of losses. Yeah, for sure. And the season definitely obviously depends on when LeBron gets back. We're definitely running out of time. Um, And we kind of, you know, LeBron and AD sat the last one. Who knows, you know, how serious those were. We'll see if LeBron can come back here soon. Hopefully the knee uh, knee soreness isn't too serious. But, yeah, like we're running out of time here. I think there's like 28 games left. But tonight, man, just sticking on tonight, you get third, you get 80 points uh, combined from uh, AD, Russ, and Malik Monk. You should be able to win that game, right? Like uh, it doesn't matter what happened. Malik Monk was able to kind of fill the LeBron production. You get like 33 or 34 from Malik Monk. AD had a really nice first half. Again, Russell Westbrook starting to finish at the rim. I think like 75 or 77% at the rim in the last six games. Um, and he was, I thought he had a really nice floor game tonight. To me, though, like the issue was, you know, 
I feel like there's a breaking point when you start as small as we do. Um, we mm-hmm. start Russ, Malik Monk, and Avery Bradley. And, you know, it gets hidden because we were scoring at such a high level. But I thought the fact that those three started, John Collins just got whatever he wanted, right? And, again, that kind of gets hidden. Um, DeAndre Hunter, I thought, just got to wherever he wanted in the mid-range. And there's a breaking point to that. Trey Young wasn't going to be one for seven from three from the whole game. I think that's what he started. He ended up hitting four in the last minute there. And, you know, Atlanta's a team that has a lot of firepower. Um, They're not too complicated. It's high ball screen with Trey Young. It's him picking picking players apart. I thought we really broke down there. Uh, He got a lot of lobs to Onyeka, uh, as you talked about. And uh, he was able to take step back threes. I thought he cooked Avery Bradley tonight. Like there's a oh, little man. bit too, too much, <laughs> a little bit too much Avery Bradley. Um, I kept tweeting, "That's enough, Avery Bradley." Uh, I thought there was like, I thought you know he's just too small to kind of contend with him. He was also physical with him for no reason. There was a screen coming anyway. We were Vogel said after the game, I was listening that um the plan was to soft trap him. Well, then what's the point, you know, of like fouling him uh, at half court or you know Avery Bradley was mm-hmm. super ball pressuring him and while we were in the bonus too I thought just that wasn't smart but what do you agree with that because I thought that was the breaking point here we were scoring so much that it was kind of hidden but I thought you know you start three small guards um Atlanta was able to get switches where they wanted John Collins was able to keep the Hawks really in it uh, until Trey Young uh exploded there in the fourth quarter uh, when you start you know two small guards like that Avery, uh, Malik Monk and, you know, Monk was great offensively, but, again, gets picked on offensively. Uh, defensively, Avery Bradley, again, I thought was awful on both ends, uh, let alone what he's supposed to be good defensively. You have all these Carmelo Carmelo Anthony minutes as well. He's slow on the defensive. And all that combined to me, Atlanta scores 129. You, you score 121 points, you win most games in the NBA. Uh, we just couldn't defend. Even with AD out there, we just could not defend them. Well, yeah, you, dude, you saw it in the closing group. You're looking at, like, Malik Monk has to have a game like he did tonight offensively to be a positive player because he's Mm -hmm. pretty quickly become one of the worst defensive players that we have on the roster. He gives up, you know, a lot in, in, in conjunction with what he brings offensively. And so he, he literally has to go for 33 in order for that to be a worthwhile exchange. And then you look at Avery Bradley and he does a pretty good job when he's on the ball, applying ball pressure when he's not committing fouls. But then as soon as he gets involved in anything off the ball, he struggles all night yeah. tonight or all day today, I should say, all morning, because this was an 11 a.m. start here in Tucson. All morning, Avery Bradley, when he would get disengaged from the ball, would get lost floating around on the perimeter. And then Russell Westbrook, again, like he brings good defensively, but he just has these little lapses. It, the tie game, 122-122, bad closeout on DeAndre Hunter and ends up committing a foul. It's like, dude. You're Russell freaking Westbrook. You have to be able to keep DeAndre Hunter in front of you. That's not that, – especially in a pivotal moment like that. And so when you have three guys on the floor, those three together on the floor at the same time bring so many limitations off, or defensively that it's really difficult for that to work. One of the things I had in my notes, Raj, anytime Stanley Johnson and Anthony Davis were involved in an action defensively, they are devastating. Together. Oh, they were great. It yeah. was it was anything else where we were getting burned. And one of the things that I thought the Hawks did a really good job of in this game was using off-ball actions to get Anthony Davis away from the basket. And they did this a lot by mm-hmm. uh, again, I'm going to butcher his name. So uh, that that backup center that they had, they put him on the floor and used him uh uh and put John Collins on the perimeter. Essentially dragging Anthony Davis away from the basket and putting Stanley Johnson in the awkward position 
where he's, you know, trying to defend the rim. And he, he does a pretty good job. But one of the things that drives me nuts with Frank is he uses Stanley as like a drop coverage big sometimes instead of switching those screens. And so then he ends up having to do that no roller behind coverage where they can just Trey Young is so gifted at just placing that lob pass like high above where Stanley can get it, but where his teammate can grab it and just catch it and take a power dribble and go up and finish. And at the end of the game, on the other end of the floor, this is where it gets tricky. Avery Bradley, like he's shot the ball well this year, but teams don't guard him. This is something you talk about all the time, Raj. There's like a difference between a good shooter that Mm -hmm. gets guarded or like there's a difference between what you actually shoot in terms of your percentages and what defenses do. For instance, Avery Bradley knocking down shots this year. Teams don't guard him. Kyle Kuzma in the past shot terrible percentages with the Lakers, but teams guarded him. It's all about like perception instead of reality around the league. And the perception with Avery Bradley is you can leave him open. Stanley Johnson, same thing. He actually ended up making a huge three towards the end of the game, but they're not guarding him. And then they're also not guarding Russ. So you find yourself in this awkward position where basically it turned into a jump shooting contest, except for the guys shooting jump shots for us were Anthony Davis, who's good, you know, has been shooting the ball well this week, but overall is an inconsistent jump shooter and Malik Monk, you know, and guess what? Trey Young made more threes, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. in a shooting contest, the better shooter is going to win. And, when, when they had an opportunity towards the end of the game to make shots, the Hawks did, and we didn't. And like I said, you miss 12 jump shots, but you only attempt four shots at the rim. I don't like our chances there. We're just not a very good jump shooting team, especially off the dribble. And so I, it, was, it, it was frustrating, Raj, because there was some good process there. Like Russ was getting into the paint. Anthony Davis was having success bullying guys on the, uh, on the offensive glass. He was, doing, he was making aggressive moves to the rim. And then we got to the fourth quarter and it just turned into let's dribble the ball around on the perimeter until we take a pull up jump shot, which again, it's attached to the fact that you have too, too little shooting on the floor. And to your point, it'd be one thing if we were huge and athletic at every position and we can make up for it with switchability on defense and ball pressure and rebounding and all those things that come with size and athleticism, but no, we are a jump shooting team that plays three little guards and we're just getting killed on the defensive end of the floor. So it was, it was definitely frustrating for me to watch, uh, you know, cause I just felt like that. I felt like that was a winnable game, Raj. And not sure. only was it winnable, we played well enough to win through basically three quarters. And then it was an absolute disaster class in that fourth. Yeah. And you know, we had that, uh, people call it a fake comeback, whatever it was the comeback against the Hornets. Right. We, we didn't get to talk about that one. Uh, but I thought, you know, that's we, what we kind of built on here. Russ continued to get to the rim tonight. Like that stuff, that's good process. That's where you miss LeBron the most, though, right? Late game mm-hmm. stuff, uh, game slows down. Uh, we kind of just went to straight up AD post-ups. Um, I thought he looked a little tired as well at the end. Uh, he couldn't just get to the basket. They started zoning up on him as well. And that's where you see the effect of the Russell Westbrook gravity kind of taken up taken apart right when you don't have lebron on the floor it's russell westbrook at the top it's straight 80 post-ups you're relying on malik monk who was incredible that whole night but you know it was pretty much on three pointers so basically he's trying to get a three up he's still undersized uh, the hawks can kind of switch actions on him you get 80 posting up trying to get shots he's taking mid-range pull-ups that all kind of collapsed i think we scored 18 points in the fourth we had like five points jason with like half the fourth gone i think yes. uh and we were you know we were up 11 and you know that lineup to start the fourth i really didn't I thought we stayed with that too long. Uh, the 
Carmelo Dwight Howard, you know, front court has been just a real rough watch uh, recently. I just Dwight's not the same. He's not as active. Doesn't jump as much. Dwight looked it, bad tonight, Ross. Yeah, his his feet look like they're stuck on the floor. It's just there's a there's not a bounce to him that there was. Uh, his coverages, his drop coverage. He's a second late on all these. The lob passes are there for him. He's not stopping the guard either. Um, it just looks rough. And then you have Carmelo Anthony trying to rotate, right? So a lot of those plays are like Carmelo's the drop big Carmelo's the guy who's the low man who has to help and that's just rough against like a guy Okongu who's just who can jump off the floor I think he had like a one-handed you see that one-handed crazy dunk he had Dude, that was like, disgusting insane yeah I thought Trey threw that I thought Trey threw that pass way off and he was still able to get it and dunk it you just we just have bigs that are too slow out, Raj on lobs throw him higher the, <laughs> athlete, the athlete will go get the right basketball. let him go let him go get it um and you're right about AD being out of the play and I thought AD was a little bit frustrated on that as well uh i don't think we wanted to switch but the way that the hawks kind of run their action they set like a double screen where 80s now on trey young and then you know you have stanley johnson who was i thought great i thought when stanley and ad trapped trey that was our best defense really like they were able to mm-hmm. get hands up got some steals but then if you don't get that steal it's you know carmelo anthony rotating who i thought was closing it's malik monk it's avery bradley russell westbrook at times who's still kind of undersized so i thought that's where we lost this one no lebron in the fourth the signing excuse you should win a game on the road where you're up 11 in the fourth. Uh, but all those things kind of melted down here. And, you know, maybe Dwight looks kind of unplayable. Carmelo Anthony, I feel like, gives up as many points as he scores on a lot of times. Like, we have a lot of just really older players. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes here. But hopefully LeBron gets back. We can't build anything, though, Jason. I think that's the frustrating part of watching all these games. Like, you're seeing a little bit – you're seeing good here. AD has a good game. The Russ has a good game. And they're all separated. LeBron has an incredible game. And now they're just all separate entities – that we're trying to put together. Malik Monk drops 34, but again, you have to put him back in the six-man role, really, when LeBron comes back. So, I don't know, man. This team has, like, a super short window to figure this out. Have you checked the standings recently, Jason? I, you know, right, I'm, I'm, not a sta- I'm not a standings checker. Like, I've, I never really checked it. I just checked recently, and I'm like, we're ninth? Oh, like, I did not realize that. I was like, the Mavs are eight games over 500. I did not realize that. The Clippers won again today without Kawhi and Paul George. Um, on the, I'm not sure. I don't remember if it was on the road or at home against Charlotte. Uh, but they won again. So it's it's rough, man. We're like this is the extreme scenario, but we're like only four games up on San Antonio, who's I believe out of the playoff picture. Like just mm-hmm. think about that from the from from how we're treating the season. So I think it's go time. I think you know if LeBron can, it's a sense of urgency here. Like I get LeBron has to be healthy to come back. Of course, that's number one. But we need to start building some continuity here because like all these games without all three of them, it's just tough to take data from here. We started DeAndre Jordan, Jason, in that Charlotte game. We didn't talk about this. What a waste of a like joke. what a waste of like a process game. You know what I mean? What could you take from that? I don't I don't understand. And obviously DJ's out of the rotation. Trevor Reza played in that Charlotte game. I don't think he's in our rotation either. Wayne Ellington played in that game. He's not in our rotation. Like he started that game. Wayne Ellington started that game. He's not in our rotation. I don't I don't know. But you're right. There's a sense of urgency that we need to get to. We need to find actions that we can go to in the playoffs that are usable. I think the Russ AD screen roll has to be something we can, you know using our back pocket to deploy on other teams. And we just haven't been able to find those things. And that's been frustrating. Yeah. You know, Dwight, I wonder if there's something going on with Dwight health wise, because, you know, Dwight has had bad games this year. I've just always thought that Dwight's success has been more tied to like lineup structure and, you know, is the entire team playing hard because, you know, Dwight is kind of like a energy guy in a lot of ways. And, uh, he's more or less looked the same to me athletically this year as he did in 2020. I know it sounds crazy to say, but of late in these last handful of games, 
for whatever reason, it just looks like the step isn't there. There was a play today, I believe it was in the first half, where it was either Monk or Russ, somebody threw Dwight a lob. And he usually would catch up or jump up and dunk it. And instead he caught it and he came down with it. And he ended up drawing a foul on the play. And I remember just sitting there thinking like, man, like Dwight looks slow. Like this is the first time I've seen Dwight legitimately look like he's lost a step since at least compared to this version of him. Yeah. But I mean, we're four and a half games back of the six seed, Raj. And I tend to, I tend to think that the six seed is vitally important for the Lakers for a couple of mm-hmm. reasons. One, the play-in tournament is something you want to avoid at all costs. And again, reminder, we barely beat Golden State on a game-winning three from LeBron last year. We very easily could have lost that game, ended up playing in a single elimination game against Memphis, and that's a coin flip with how well Memphis was playing at the end of the season last year. That could have gone south very quickly. It just so happened that it didn't. And so we there is an urgency to get up there. And then the other thing, too, is time, right? We need continuity. So obviously you have this 30-something games left. I think it's 31 games left. But you don't want to go 31 games straight into a very difficult, very grueling series with Golden State or Phoenix, a team that when we're at full strength, we're probably only – like. We're, we would barely beat them if we beat them anyway. Like, we're not going to go to Golden State and smack them in five. That's not happening. We're not going to Phoenix and smacking them in five. That's probably a six or seven game series if we're healthy. You would like to avoid that until later on. If you could get that six seed, then you could play either Memphis or Utah in the first round and give yourself a better chance to get a really good feel for playoff basketball before you roll into basically a, a you know a, a a a real matchup against the title contender at that point in the second round so urgency is a real thing here and that's what worried me about lebron's knee i got in trouble with a bunch of crazy insane lebron fans because i tweeted out that i was worried about lebron's knee and they thought they basically thought i was insinuating he was sitting on purpose which is ridiculous but i was worried about lebron because i'm sitting here thinking like early in the season he was resting because of the lack of urgency we were in a very easy part of our schedule. You know, we were playing a bunch of games that we were like, hey, Russ and AD can win these games. And mm-hmm. LeBron, LeBron was like, hey, I don't want to deal with this abdominal thing. I'd rather get it healed. I don't want to deal with this ankle thing. I'd rather get it healed. These were three very winnable games on the road at a point in the season when we have real urgency in the standings and LeBron didn't play, which worries me about that knee. Because I think he would have given it a go if he could have. So now the MRI came back clean. So hopefully things resolve. But swelling is weird, Raj. Like swelling doesn't just happen. Swelling is usually a result of irritation or inflammation. It makes you feel like there's something going on there. I'm hopeful that that's not the case. Hopefully we're just overthinking it. You know, it's funny. In that game, that last game he played the windmill, you Mm -hmm. can tell – he wanted to go to his full windmill and he had to check up and do like a half windmill on that play. And I remember immediately thinking like, uh Oh, his knee didn't quite do what he wanted it to do on that play. And I was a little bit worried about it. So, I mean, are you, are you as worried about LeBron as I am, Roger? Are you pretty confident? <laughs> so this is similar to me, not to compare it, but like when we do like Russell Westbrook trades or something like worrying about LeBron 
his knee is like that. Like if LeBron's not healthy, we're not going anywhere anyway, right? Like if mm-hmm. LeBron's not here, we're not doing anything. So I don't worry about that. This team has a multitude of issues going on. I think LeBron's, you know, health is number one. But yeah, I don't worry about that. At least all the reports that have come out have said that he'll be fine. I think he'll take another maybe seven days or something. I think he flew back to LA already uh, before the Atlanta game to get treatment and to mm-hmm. rest up. Um, so hopefully, you know, he's fine. And again, it came back ne- negative. So hopefully, he can come back in a week. I I think he'll be back. My, you know, my only worry is the time, like you talked about. We have like twenty something games. We were already behind though, right? Phoenix and Golden State already came back with cores that they've had for years now. Chris Paul and those, you know, those guys have been playing together forever. Like that's my worry here. You want to just go in with a chance. The sixth seed will be nice, Jason. But I mean, like Denver has won four in a row. The Mavericks are fully healthy now. They've won like they won like eight out of ten or something like that. I don't see them slowing down, right? And so, like, it's basically the Clippers and the Timberwolves in front of you. Maybe you can catch those two teams, but I just don't see them maybe catching those. I think the play-in is probably our 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 bet right now. I would love for them to get out of that, but that's just what it looks like. It's not good, Raj. No, I know. It's it's not great. I mean, that's not what you want. Two straight years, you know, where you have to kind of win to get in. And we saw last year, like, again, maybe if AD doesn't go down and you beat the Phoenix Suns, uh, we really don't know. But, you know, that's just not a way you want to go into this. But that's the kind of situation we're in now we'll see what the trade deadline does as well that's coming up up here soon uh it's already what january 30th yeah so in about two weeks we'll get the trade deadline as well so interesting now it's interesting man i i don't know i feel like we can't just waste games like that was was so upsetting to me about the charlotte game because it feels like we just punted that one i understand i understand ad you know wants to rest the the wrist or whatever it was lebron again seriously hurt i get that but you know there's still chances to find stuff that we can use the Starting DeAndre Jordan, Wayne Ellington. Were you the one it. that tweeted out the the offensive rating and net rating? Oh of that yeah, group? that was so yeah. It bad. was ne- <laughs> it was yeah. It was negative eighty eight. Like you know, oh. like that's just that's just abysmal. And that that unit got two shifts. Jason, that unit got two oh. shifts. And uh, you know, you just throw away a game like that. And again, the comeback was nice. You know, once you put the young guys in, Austin Reeves, THT, Malik, uh, not Malik Monk, he sat that game. But they got on a run, and Russ was able to get to the rim. I thought. You know, he kind of built on that from that one. But, you know, it's just tough to me when you're just punting games because I don't think we're in position to. You have to try to find stuff from every night. And we just uh, we did not that game. We wasted that one tonight. You know, I thought we found some offensive stuff. I thought Malik Monk and and Anthony Davis, who we can kind of get to next here, uh, because I thought he was incredible that first half. But Malik Monk and AD built some chemistry as well. Um, But it's going to be tough to kind of build that and catch up to where we need to go for sure. Yep. no, I agree. Um, Moving on to AD, you know, there's – I think I've seen enough from him this week to definitively state that he genuinely looks quicker and more athletic than he did when he left. And I'm sure, you know, there was something going on with him before the knee injury. It was either weight or an injury that he wasn't disclosing or a combination of both. But whatever happened over the course of this time there, I think the, I think he actually came out and said that he's lost a little bit of weight yeah. And then and then he said in an interview, I believe, after the Charlotte or after the uh, the game on Thursday, he straight up said, my body feels great now. So a, the big th- the big place where I'm noticing it is in his step back jump shots, which I know are shots that we uh, discussed with AD as being, you know, like that we wish he'd cut back on a little bit because they're so difficult. But the big thing I look for on a step back jump shot is how solid someone's base is because a lot of times early in the season, you'd see AD take these difficult jump shots, but he just wasn't really getting much separation and not getting much lift 
which in addition to his limited touch, at least with his slump that he's been in, it's a very, very, very low percentage shot. But I'm seeing a lot of these moves that he was doing today, especially in straight up isolation situations against uh, Clint Capella and John Collins. He was getting really good separation. You know, you always talk about Malik Monk's dip on his jump shot when you see him mm-hmm. get that really good knee bend. I was it's going seeing, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was seeing a lot of that from Anthony Davis today, like getting into that move, getting a really good deep knee bend and getting great lift, which is just great to see with how good he looks. Again, talking about this in the totality of the picture, you have all of this stuff to be excited about as a Laker fan. Like AD looks great. Stanley Johnson and AD together on defense, they're a sight to behold. You think about that and combining LeBron into that picture. I, was, I tweeted out today, like imagine trapping a screen and roll with a really good point guard like a Steph or a Trey Young in a playoff series and forcing them to make these looping passes out of the trap. But that's LeBron James like hitting the hole and, and sl- like shooting the gap and stealing the ball and going the other way. Like there's a lot to get excited about there. Again, Russ is genuinely trending in the right direction. And we'll talk more about him in a second. But like everything is start. There's a lot of this stuff to point to that's good, but we're not winning games. And again, like you're right. Like if we have LeBron, do we win that game today? Yeah, probably. If we have LeBron, we probably win all three of these games. But again, one of the like you've been big on this, Raj, like if you're title contender, Go beat the Hornets, okay? okay. Go beat the Hornets. Mm-hmm. If you're a title contender, go into Atlanta and beat beat the Hawks, okay? Yeah, if we're in, if we're on the road in Milwaukee, like I don't have a ton of expectations for you to beat that team without some of your guys. But dude, you have to be able to go into Charlotte and go into Atlanta and get a win in an urgent situation when you need the win for the standings. When you have Anthony Davis looking this good, when Russell Westbrook's making shots for the first time in a, in months, like you have to be able to go in there and win a game. This is the, the, some of this stuff is like, you know, uh, again, it's just they're checkpoints, Raj. They're checkpoints that good yeah. teams hit that we're just not hitting. And and again, we can talk about these positives. And yes, AD looks great. And you know. As far as the play-in goes, like if I'm Golden State or I'm Phoenix, I'm not excited about the idea of having to face L.A. in the first round. But again, they'd probably be favored and for good reason, because they're better basketball teams than us. And, yeah, there's an idea. There's a there's like a, a version of this that could be very difficult to beat. But we sure as hell haven't seen it. And, and it, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit worried, man. Yeah, you know, it's been frustrating because the last two years have all pretty much been theoretical with this team, right? After AD got hurt on Valentine's Day uh, last year, this year, I'm losing track of time. Uh, but but yeah, when AD got hurt, the team got theoretical. You're like, okay, when AD comes back, let's add him to like Marcus Gasol, right? And we'll see what happens there. And then like AD went out, LeBron gets out, like, okay, we'll wait. You know, let's add it to Andre Drummond, see how that looks. And then now they were both out. You get to the playoffs and you get a few games of them healthy. And then AD goes down again, right? Again, this year, you get a couple games, but you start DeAndre Jordan with it the whole time next to Ken Bazemore, both who are out of the rotation pretty much now. And then AD goes down. Uh, and then now you come back and the team's playing the way it's supposed to. They're small ball. You're running. Let's say, all right, let's add AD to this. AD comes back. You beat Brooklyn on the road, right? No, Kate, no KD, no Kyrie, but whatever. You get the win on Brooklyn. And then LeBron goes out the next day. So you get one game with the big three playing the way it's supposed to, um, and then AD, and then uh, LeBron goes out. So it's been a frustrating kind of back and forth. 
but the theoretical doesn't work unless you get this Anthony Davis, you know, and I, I tweeted earlier, like, there's a, you know, there's a push and pull, there's a line you have to, you have to kind of tail where, like, you don't want to take, you know, for granted or to critique AD too much, but you can also be understanding that this is not the guy we started the year with, right, Jason? Like, this is mm-hmm. not the, this is not the player that started the year. This guy has way more mobility. You can see it on defense as well. He's been shutting off pick and rolls, doing what he can. And then on the other end, rolling to the rim, playing above the basket, playing above the rim, crashing offensive rebounds. He's getting like offensive rebound, put back dunks. Like we weren't seeing that earlier in the year. The jump shot you talked about, the step back, getting more separation. I think that's the difference here. I, I don't think we mind the jump shots. It's the like post up, contested, can't get any space on a defender, step back jumper where it's fully mm-hmm. contested. Like the step back where he has space, I think uh, I think he's a better shooter than he's shown. He hit a three again, I think, tonight as well. Um, but yeah, the jumper looks better. The jumper looks there. All the floaters and stuff are coming back. Those like, those like unorthodox twist shots, all stuff that he has in his arsenal. He looks good in the theoretical, you know, upside of this team doesn't get there unless we get this AD. So that box is checked. The, the issue only is that these boxes are getting checked separately. So you check mm-hmm. the AD box and then now you check and then AD comes back. LeBron goes out. So you get the LeBron box. Russ starts playing well, but it's without one of the two stars. So it's without all two of the stars back. So it's another box that gets checked. It's been rough. Malik Monk plays well, but it's like, you know, we had don't have half the team or we were playing well, but we don't have our wings. It's just I don't know. It's a, it's a tough kind of thing to solve here. We'll see if they, you know, go all in in the trade deadline, if they, you know, throw THT none in that first comeback. Kendrick That's Nunn a million gets dollar a question, isn't it? Yeah. And then Kendrick Nunn was supposed to come back. Right. And then he got another setback. So I don't know. They still don't have a timetable on him, which is insane. He's out like mm-hmm. what five months for a four. To I don't six think in- he'll ever play in the Laker jersey. Wow. Uh, yeah, by the that's way, crazy. THT, THT actually had a decent game. One other thing, too, really quickly. Uh, did you happen to notice uh, that Anthony Davis got a little frustrated with oh, yeah. Monk's shot selection in that fourth quarter? Oh, uh, yeah. I think it was that final play where I really saw it. I didn't really see it on other plays. But, yeah, the last one for sure. Like, um, he was, he was jawing to... at him all the way down the floor, and the Hawks were starting their possession, and he was, like, staring Malik down. Like, that was crazy. Uh, and I yeah, no, no. Like, I, and I wanted to be like, AD, like, he has, like, 36 or 33 or whatever it was that he had. I'm like, I, I would be – But we didn't win, too. Jason. Like, lost, <laughs> losing, win. like right. losing causes, like, frustration like that. So I, I understand it. But, yeah, you're right. And, and AD was taking jump shots in the fourth quarter. Like, like the thing yeah. here – the thing where I was like, as far as our crunch time offense, this is an important detail. When teams put a big, strong forward who's athletic on AD, they typically can find a way to turn him into a jump shooter. AD can torch the Clint Capella types of the league. But when it comes to the athletic forwards, Bam Adebayo did a great job of doing this to AD in the 2020 finals. But there's these athletic, strong forwards that are quicker than AD they can really force him to be a jump shooter. Then Russ, who's had a good game, and we're going to talk about Russ in a minute, but Russ, who's been getting better, they just put DeAndre Hunter on him. And again, yeah. when you have a team, like, because they could put, like, if LeBron played tonight, what would have happened is they would have put a Kongwu on, probably on AD, and then they probably end up putting John Collins on LeBron because John Collins guarded LeBron a lot in an earlier matchup this year. And then they're probably going to put DeAndre Hunter on Russ. The point is, is all of these teams, at least most of the good teams in the league, have enough big forwards to be like, hey, we got one for Russ too. And mm-hmm. Russ couldn't get to the rim either. Again, 12 missed jump shots, four shots attempted in the paint in that fourth quarter. It's just, it's just not good enough. Now, again, does LeBron solve that? Yes, but 
this is that's part of the issue with having Russ in those light game situations is he can't really get an advantage and Anthony Davis is going to turn take jump shots so it's how we lost the OKC games we literally lost to OKC because in crunch time they put a big athletic forward on AD and a big athletic forward on Russ switched every ball screen and there was nothing the two of them could do to get to the rim and neither of them are good enough at making jump shots in order to uh, out execute a team at the end of the game it's a real problem now LeBron again fixes that problem but those are two massive shortcomings with those guys that very much limit what they can do in terms of their effectiveness in late game situations yeah and you know it's easier when they can also zone up right so again we close with and not to like pick on Avery Bradley not his fault but you know you you throw you throw a post-entry pass into AD and then you have you know AD maybe Bradley in the weak side corner like teams can just zone up and then you have a big strong guy on him you know, AD doesn't want to bruise all the way to the rim sometimes. Maybe he was like, tired or whatever it was, he was settling for sure. And our offense kind of uh, broke down, right? So it was Russell Westbrook trying to run screen action. They switch all of that. So it's, again, him trying to attack isolation against one of those bigger guys you talked about, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, even Okwangu. Uh, so it, it was a tough, tough thing to watch, man, in that fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, LeBron solves a lot of that for sure. Uh, but, like, you know, I thought Malik Monk said something interesting after the game. I kind of tweeted, he said, I think he was asked by Dave McMenamin, he's like, what do you take from this, you know, two and four road trip? And uh, he said, uh, not enough energy, not enough urgency. And he said, we didn't respond when we got hit in the mouth. And I think that's, you know, you know, and I think that's interesting, you know, for a team. Again, we're like, what, we have 30 games left. So we played a lot of games now. And, you know, that's an identity that your team kind of builds as, as the season goes. And I thought you saw that in the fourth quarter. And it's just not this fourth quarter. We've seen that a lot. The Lakers have a lead and they don't just blow a lead like they get ran off the floor jason like when the team as malik monk says gets hit hits you in the mouth they just kind of fold you know like it's not even it's not even like a fight they get they fold they were you know you lose a fourth quarter by 18 like that's not normal and we don't really like to talk a lot about you know the intangible stuff like that because but that's not like on the court stuff but you can kind of combine those things and you could see like the fight kind of go away the belief go away especially when yeah, Trey go Young get starts. A stop get, yeah. th- how do you give up 38 points Man. in a winnable basketball game when you desperately need it in the standings and you're just not competing on the defensive end of the ball Raj yeah and you know and it was you know Trey Young you know he found that he can you know play pick him <laughs> you know like it, it was like a it was like a buffet for him he's like oh I have Avery Bradley here I have Carmelo Anthony here I have Malik Monk here let me just pick one of these defenders Whoever it is, I think he beat Austin Reeves, too, uh, at the basket a few times. But just got to the rim, got to a step back three, and those were always going to go in eventually. Like I talked about, he wasn't going to go one for seven. But that's neither here nor there. It's more like the, you know, we didn't switch up. There wasn't an aggression level, I thought, in the fourth uh, enough to kind of win this one. And, uh, you know, it's sad to see because, I, you know, the fans uh, and uh, like us, we feel the sense of urgency here. I'm wondering if the team, you know, feels it as we do. Uh just the way, you know, they're approaching these games. But that's what I would like to see, man, these last 30 games. Build something, build a process, build to a process. I keep I keep tweeting out, let's build. And I mean, let's build something, you know, like you, we can't throw away games. I understand you can't win all of these. We're not going to, you know, go 29-0 or whatever it is, even when LeBron comes back. But just start to build. You understand who's not going to be in the rotation, who is. Let's stick to those guys. DeAndre Jordan should not be starting any more games. I don't care who's out. He should not be starting any more games. Uh, Trevor Reza, obviously, maybe we can try to find him a spot in the rotation. I think, you know, Reeves has to start for Bradley eventually here. I don't know when we get to that point, but I, I feel like that point should be coming here soon. Uh, just stuff that I want to see that that's good process, man. He yeah, at least played more minutes than him tonight. He did, <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, that, that's been trending upwards. Uh, Bradley, again, Bradley playing eight minute first quarter shifts. Like, that's 
too long to me, but that's probably nitpicking. Yeah, but you know, you get you get good AD. Hopefully, LeBron can come back playing the way he was. Russell Westbrook starting to get in a groove as a scorer. I thought you know he had some tough turnovers tonight, but he had a good floor game. Like he was passing out at least offensively. I thought like he was finding shooters uh, in corners and stuff like that. But that's the rough part of the season, man. We haven't built any continuity with the team that's going to go in. And you know, if the trade deadline goes as you know you think it does, and a lot of people do. We might have to build this all over again because we might just have a new team by then. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do after after that that happens. But again, Raj, this is where that like the turnover that I've been talking about in terms of a mental reset for the roster, I think, is so important because again, the Lakers had enough talent to beat the the Philadelphia 76ers. They had enough talent to beat Charlotte. They had enough talent to go into Atlanta and beat the Hawks on Sunday, and they blew all three of those games. And yeah. the, and the way I look at and in, in all three in weird ways, right? Like that, that Philly game, it just seemed like there was no belief. Remember Raj? And like, then when they would make runs, they couldn't sustain anything. And it they dug themselves in too big of a hole. That Charlotte game, it was the starting lineup and just gifting them a 20 point lead. Man. And then today it's blowing the big lead. But again, the basketball character of this group, of egos and personalities in that locker room is not working in terms of consistently playing with urgency. Like, cause, cause we thought, okay, maybe Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves getting more minutes. Maybe it'll be infectious. No, aside from those guys, nobody plays hard enough consistently or is willing to do the job. So that concoction isn't working. It needs to be flipped. And so that, that's why, again, even if it's a net neutral exchange for talent or even a little bit of a dip in talent that you experience over the course of the deadline, if it's a better concoction of players, because you know, that, that, that locker room thing, chemistry thing is so, it's so delicate, Raj. Like it mm-hmm. just like, cause there's a lot of fringe NBA players playing in golden state, but for some reason they keep winning, even though Steph is playing like crap, Draymond Green's, got a messed up back and isn't even playing and clay thompson's coming back from two catastrophic injuries and they keep winning why because their locker room just that whole mix is just working in addition to scheming and coaching and a lot of different things i'm not trying to undercut all the basketball but there's also just a better locker room there and for whatever reason i'm not even saying the guys in the lakers locker room don't like each other i don't even think it's necessarily chemistry based it's like just basketball based it's a bad basketball mix and it's just not working and the Lakers have to do something to turn that over. I did, I did want to, I did want to talk about Russ for a second because he is starting to trend a little bit better. You know, Mm -hmm. one of the, one of the big reasons why I think he's been better is what what has kind of led to him playing better is he's starting to finish at the basket a little bit more Raj. I don't know if you've noticed that, but that previous month was one of the worst stretches of finishing I've ever seen from an NBA basketball player. And a lot of them weren't even close. Like he'd get into traffic and it was almost like he was just throwing stuff at the rim. It looked like one of those timeouts where when you're watching league pass and they stay on the arena cam and they bring the random fan out to try to make mm-hmm. lamps. Like that was the kind of stuff we were seeing from Rod, uh, from not from Rush, from Russ, <laughs> from, from Russ there in that, in that previous stretch of game, but he's starting to finish around the rim a little bit better. There's it, it, like some of it's fool's gold. Like for instance, like there's a lot of talk about Russ, you know, giving the Lakers a chance to win in Charlotte. Don't get me wrong. He played great, but he made back-to-back off-the-dribble threes in that uh, late fourth quarter to give us a shot to win. 
those are shots he's been making at an incredibly low percentage this year. So like, like a little, some of that's fool's gold, but he is finishing at the rim more and that's encouraging where I get discouraged. Raj is again, like dude, you know, on, in this situation alongside LeBron and AD with these expectations in the types of games you're going to be playing in, in late, in the late season and in the playoffs, you can't get beat on a closeout by Deandre Hunter. Because we're already relying on inferior athletes at other positions. Like we're going to need Austin Reeves or an Avery Bradley or a Malik Monk to do something they might not be capable of on the defensive end in terms of their athleticism. But we need Russ, LeBron, and AD to do that job. Then on the very next possession, after he fouls DeAndre Hunter, after DeAndre thankfully misses one of the free throws, we go down. Malik Monk misses the shot. We go down, AD's barking at Malik Monk a little bit. We get into our set defense, and Trey Young gets Russ on a switch. Now, Raj, what do I always say about comfort in perimeter players? It's all about ball pressure, right? Russ played way off of him, and Trey Young was able to comfortably walk into one of his dribble rhythm three-point shots. And again, it's like, dude, you are the type of athlete that can play up on Trey Young and make him feel uncomfortable and – You might not be able to keep him entirely in front, but he'll have to do a series of moves to get around you because you're a better athlete than Trey Young. And that was one of those plays where it's like, Russ, I think his perspective on it is like, I can play off of him. I can relax. I can make him, you know, maybe make him take a jump shot. He had just made, I think you said, Raj, three pull-up threes in that fourth quarter. Yeah. I think think two of them were pull-ups and then another one he made in in the short corner on that play where he got disconnected from Anthony Davis. But again, the point is, is like, Dude, like when we're with LeBron and AD and they're shouldering so much offensively, you have to be the guy that does that job. You have to be the guy that can keep DeAndre Hunter in front. You have to be the guy that can get a stop on Trey Young in a key possession at an end of a game. And I've just like those are the things that I pay the most attention to with Russ. Don't get me wrong. If he's going to finish at the basket at this rate and if he starts to make more of his jump shots the way he has in recent games, then, yeah, we're going to be able to make more of a basketball fit work here but he has to embrace those details those are the things that win and lose basketball games they always have been they never get talked about enough because people are so focused on highlights and i get that in terms of the popularity of the league but the things that win basketball games are little details i'll give you one last example fred van vliet is very ill-equipped athletically to be a good defensive guard in the backcourt. He's got quick feet. He's got a good, strong base. He's got a low center of gravity. He's strong. I'm not trying to undercut him as an athlete because he is an athlete. But what primarily makes him a good defensive player is a commitment to the job. And that is what we need out of Russell Westbrook. Because with his physical tools, even in this declined state, we need him to be, or at least to make that commitment, like what Fred Van Vliet has made, that would can you imagine, Raj, how much better this team would be if Russ made that commitment to the defensive end and what it would do for this team? It would I mean, it would be transformative. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but I mean we're like what <laughs> we're like what fifty games in now. Like I think like we know <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to me, like hoping for that stuff type of stuff is tough. Like I just hope like he starts finishing at the rim better. And I have the numbers in front of me. He's at, you know, seventy 
76 percent at the in the restricted area now so that'll get the job done right 76 percent uh, over what span over the whole season uh this is the last five games last okay five that makes games. sense yeah, I, yeah, yeah that makes sense to the eye test it seems like he's been finishing more in recent games the issue though jason is you know it's 33 percent in the paint so like that's the that's the rough part, right? 33% in the paint, that's not the restricted area. So that's still rough that your point guard, you know, can't finish, you know, at the around the rim if it's not exactly at the basket. But, you know, that's small steps. He is finishing better now at the basket. But the defense stuff is rough. He falls asleep off the ball. I think, you know, Russ fits better into a switching scheme. I don't like him, you know, top-locking guards or top-locking, you know, guys who can shoot or a guy that fights over screens in a drop coverage having to give – back pressure he just you know he and he lends to switch too he does a lot of lazy switches where like there wasn't really a screen but he still switches do you see that a lot as well like there's oh, a yeah. lot of stuff like that off the ball where like avery bradley you know again we you know we harp on avery bradley because of what he does and his offensive you know lack thereof of offense and you know how kind of his activity doesn't really so really do anything defensively sometimes it's just activity that's not productivity productivity but still he plays hard right he fights so even rather we fighting hard and he'll fight over a screen and russ would just switch when there wasn't really any contact on the screen and so like a guy gets open for a three a lot of that stuff happens for russ but to me like where i think he can improve in this time it's just you know taking those physical matchups a little bit more i thought you know in the charlotte game we were coming making our comeback there was a lot of plays where like he would get a switch on i forgot who they're big i forget which plumley it is um but like one of the plumleys Mason, I think. Mason, there we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mason Plumley. I would get the ball in the post, and Russ would just give up. He would just foul, you know, because it's a switch. I'm like, it's Mason Plumley. Like, make make Mason Plumley finish over you, you know, and just stand your ground. Like stuff like that. I think he can still get or get better at. But expecting Russ to be some lockdown defender, being some super engaged guy on that, and I think you know is a is a you know is a is a pie in the sky type of stuff there. He can get more engaged. Maybe Russ and AD when AD and LeBron are both there, you know, he can kind of. Fill, de- fill defensive gaps in a different way. That's think- that's the interesting detail here, Raj, because those concession fouls you're talking about, I think that's all related. I think part of the issue is the team has never been healthy enough, consistently enough, for Russ to have a small enough offensive role that he can devote resources to the defensive end. I think that's yeah. been a huge problem. For sure. And yeah, and that off-ball stuff is definitely a killer, though. That's something I definitely worry about, too. Um, and it's interesting to see where we'll deploy him defensively when we get to the better teams. Uh, but I want to see it, man. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't need to see all three play together. I think they're still at 16 games played for the whole season. So I don't know. But yeah, like expecting Russ to me to like uh, all of a sudden be this lockdown, lockdown guy isn't great. Trey Young hit like 240 footers over him. Russ was kind of playing back. That's just how he plays defensively. He's more of a guy that pertains to the paint. He steps back. He drops back on a lot of plays. Sometimes when he's engaged, he'll fight over screens and stuff. But for the most part, he likes to just switch off, and that'll that'll happen. So hopefully, when LeBron and AD back, he can kind of, they can kind of plug some of these issues. But I just don't see it. I don't see him turning into that. I think him finishing at the rim though is a great thing. I think that changes the gap between like what this team can be offensively. Like you saw tonight and these last few games, uh, when Russ finishes at the rim, we can score like 120, right? Like if he's not mm-hmm. finishing at the rim, he misses layups. You know, those are essentially turnovers because the team runs the other way. The jump shots, I think, you know, he's taking a lot less of them. He still took a few threes tonight. The mid-range contested pull-ups, you know, we both classify those as turnovers as well. Some of those got to still, some of those got to go, and maybe that will, you know, collide when LeBron comes back. But yeah, Russ has been playing better. I just don't see a defensive uptick in the way that you just laid out there. Well, a man can hope. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny because you have these two nights off here, right, coming up. Yeah. The Lakers don't play again until Wednesday, and it's a home game against the Blazers, which effectively amounts to a must-win. When you look at the strength of schedule coming up, 
And we've been on we've been on must win time for a very long time oh, now. Like, for so sure. we're we're way past that. <laughs> but it's like it's like you'd like to be like, oh well, if uh, if we can just bench LeBron for on Wednesday, then he can get a bunch of extra. T- but it's like, are no. you? Are you confident that the Lakers can beat the Blazers at home without LeBron? Because I don't know. <laughs> you know. So it's like that's where it gets tricky, especially since it's a back-to-back because we play the Clippers the very next night. But, I mean, it's just it's just tough, man. It's it's urgency time, and obviously there's some positives here. But like you said, we got to check a bunch of boxes at the same time or this isn't going anywhere. Did you have anything else on your notes you wanted to hit on before we called it a day? Not really, but like, doesn't it feel like the Blazers have had an awful season? Did you know they're only like, I think they're a game back or two games back of us really? now? Yeah, like I, it feels like the Blazers have had just an awful, uh, an awful season. But I think when I checked the standings, recently, you're right. They're, they're like, two and a half games back of us. Yeah, isn't that insane? Like, it, it feels <laughs> like they've been just torching, and you know, I'm not following Portland too closely, but it just feels like with everything that's come out of there, like they've had an awful season. You know, Dame hasn't played, I think, in a while. CJ just got back. They're two games behind us. Jason for tenth. Like that's that's insane how this season has gone. But that's just we're bad. We're a bad basketball team, Raj. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for coming to hang out, even though the football games were on. This is going to air on Dash Radio tomorrow morning at seven a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we'll be on our podcast feed here in about an hour. As always, we sincerely appreciate your support. Raj and I will probably end up doing something on either Monday or Tuesday. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned. uh, Pay attention to our uh, Twitter feeds, and we'll let you guys know. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will talk to you in a day or two. Thanks, everyone.